This is the SSBI podcast. This is all about Microsoft Power BI. My name is Lars Schreiber. A happy morning from Hamburg, Germany, and welcome to today's experts talk of the SSBI podcast. My guest today is Reed Havens from Seattle, Washington in the United States. Reed is the founder of Havens Consulting and a Microsoft MVP for Data Platform. Today we are going to talk about template apps in Power BI. Hello to Seattle. Hello, Reed. Hello. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you. Reed, template apps are not new to Power BI, but they are still unknown to many. I know you have a lot of experience in this area, and so I thought it could be pretty interesting to talk to you. Yeah, it's um, something I'm very passionate about and have really enjoyed just uh, existing in the, the Power BI and visualization space for about the last five to six years. Nice. I know we, we have talked about template apps um, during the last years over and over again, or not over and over again, but uh, sometimes in the past. And um, I thought this is a technique more people should know. So I thought it would be good to talk to you. And um, if you if you agree, let's start with a basic question. What can I imagine under a template app and when is it useful? Sure. So that's a great question. I, I produced myself, at least as far as the Microsoft App Store, about six, seven now, um, including one that just got published today. But it's a great way to basically share content and think of it as almost like report or data set templates that can kind of be plug and played um, often with. SAAS, software as a service data that can, you know, really just be configured where all you need is a login and that kind of like a common data model for that specific SAAS service will be able to just plug into it. As a great example, I built one for Google Analytics where I really built the report, built the pages and the model, and then all that people who have a Google Analytics account for web page uh, traffic and monitoring. They just have to log into their account and then the data automatically populates because the, the same fields and metrics are already shared in there. And then that, of course, just trickles into the visuals. So both from an external perspective, you know, business to business, that's something that you can share across tenants and have those installed. Um, they also works very well internally where, again, if you kind of have like, uh, let's say one report that 50 or 60 different groups or uh, departments within an organization would use. They would all need the same model. They all basically want the same report, but it's just with different slices of the data. You can create a template app to distribute internally, and then people can basically connect to their data, log in with their permissions, and you know as whatever their user has an ability to see in maybe the, the database or data set, um, then that report would kind of filter to it as well. So um, there's a lot of ways to share and distribute for these. So I, I know there are a lot of good videos out there that show how to build template apps. And I think video is the better medium for doing so. But um, on a very high level, how do you build a template app? That's a great question. So there's not too many differences uh, to build a template app versus building an app. One thing that, uh, um, that you have is when you set it up uh, and you create a workspace, um, from from the get-go, there's an option if you actually scroll down to advanced settings on a new workspace, and it's basically just a toggle that says create a template app. Um, if you toggle that in, it basically makes sure that that workspace is just set as a template app, and there's a couple of extra configurations you have as far as branding and, and things like that in the 
and the creation when you actually uh, hit the create app button. But otherwise, it mirrors the app creation experience very, very similarly, um, albeit with maybe three or four extra options as far as that uh, um, the production goes. And then you, you, you just have some extra granularity when it comes to release management. So you can actually have URLs that can be tested internally and then tested like publicly or business to business for people before you actually push it to quote unquote production. When, when you distribute such an app, um, I think usually it, the data set should be empty, right? Is there an opportunity to distribute also sample data so that uh, potential users or customers get the opportunity to explore the capabilities of the app more easily? Yeah, so that's a great question. I'll frame this uh, with some context. So one thing that Microsoft has been encouraging, and, and now actually when you create a new template app, there's a link that kind of shows an option and and a tutorial of how to publish to Microsoft App Store. So if you want it like publicly available, those actually require sample data. So like a template app, upon initial install, the first thing that happens is the, con the consumer sees the, the template app, they see the sample data in it so they can explore the app. And then if they want to, there's an option to connect your data. So it can't be completely empty. It has to have some kind of dummy data in there to start with. From that though, uh, You know, for the few of ones that I've built, I have not found any data that's sensitive enough at the report layer that I needed to create separate sample data. So as an example, my Google Analytics report is just the website data that I have. But that's not anything that's proprietary. I don't, you know, care that much if, if a person knows how many sites or views my, my website's getting. If anything, I think that's fun information to share. You know, like, oh, yeah, I've, I've got 20,000 views last month. But it's it's not any sensitive data that I'm, you know, keeping under lock and key. So I just use my data as the sample data. And then when they click connect their data, the model refreshes with their credentials and then all the data is replaced with their view. A couple of times though, where I've tried to make a template app that I just didn't have an account with enough meat or enough data in it to really make a good report. I've actually done some clever power query transformations. So I basically created a, a temp table you know, in power query using, you know, like, cause there's an option to, you know, to create manual tables in there with some JSON. The, the JSON script, and you know, I have a few hundred rows of dummy data, and then I basically have a, a switch statement. So when they update the parameter, you know, or they, they log in with their credentials, it basically replaces the dummy data that I have in the file with theirs. Mm -hmm. um, the downside is, you know, the, the, the report file is going to be a bit bigger because there's actual, like, brute force, just manual rows that have been hard-encoded into the file itself, but That's not, they're never going to download the file and it's just, it's uh, hosted on, on the, the cloud. So they're never going to know really what mechanics are going on behind the data model. But that's one way to get, you know, demo data in there. It just requires a bit of effort to actually make a complete fake fictional data set. Sounds like a nice trick. <laughs> it, it works well enough, exactly. But it definitely takes a few hours. Yeah, but in the end, it should be worth it. Because you're, oh, exactly, yeah. you're, you're going to earn money with it, or at least a good uh, advertisement for, for your company. So it should be worth it. Thousand percent. Um, one of the main advantages of, of template apps is that you can protect your, your intellectual property. Can you say something about that? Yeah, so I've actually been working with Microsoft on some ideas uh, around this, and hopefully some things can change in the future. But right now, the two things that are that just are not allowed, period, for template apps is there's no way to download the PBIX. There's been discussions on if we should allow this in the future as a toggle, you know, like similar to just uh, admin settings in Power BI. Do you allow that 
But at the moment, that's just impossible to have. So there's no way for them to get access to your data model, your power query transformation. So all of that um, you know, proprietary logic is kept under lock and key. So in that way, this, this can be one way to actually have a business model where, and uh, Lars, you, you and I talked about that, it's, it's sometimes painful to have to give away a report that you have to a customer. You know, and if that report only takes five hours, but it's because you've built this report previously for somebody else that took 200 hours for you to figure out this, this logic. Like, do you actually just build them for the five or do you charge more? Because you're, even though it's not extra effort, you're handing them a lot of proprietary expertise with that file. So like, it, it's, it's hard to sell to customers too, but in theory with these kind of things, what you could do is you could build, you could have almost two pricing models where I can build the report for you. I will share it to you as a template app. It's going to work. It's going to refresh but you don't, you don't get access to the PBX file, and that's going to cost you X amount of dollars. If you want access to the, to the PBX file and full control over everything I built, mm-hmm. that's you know this whatever higher amount that you set. So it is nice to be able to have a bit of protection around that. The one thing that, for me, that isn't protected at the moment is, and you, you've seen on my website, is I do a lot of like visual and aesthetics you know, I, uh, and cool tricks with layering visuals and stacking things together and conditional formatting. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that stuff is in the report layer. And template apps has no way to disable the edit report button. So somebody can still go and edit report and then they can move the visuals around. They can open the selection pane. They can see all of the, you know, report magic that's been done. And if that is something you might want to protect as IP where they can see the visual, but they don't know if that was two visuals that made that or three or five. There's no way to really protect that, you know, creative intellectual property as well. Um, I share most of that anyway on YouTube, but it still might be nice to be able to lock that down as still as a feature if you really wanted to, to also protect that portion of your IP. Mm, yeah, but uh, I think it's because of two two facts. There might be not so much people who understand that you can put so much effort into uh, producing a good-looking report and putting in all the magic you're talking about. And uh, maybe they are not aware of that this is also worth being protected. And on the other hand, I can understand that if someone buys a template app and cannot see the ETL process, cannot see the data model, cannot see the measures, he or she at least wants to change the report style and the, the visuals on the report. So being locked out of this as well seems really, really restrictive to me. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's, it's a double-edged sword where like the, people expect a certain level of, of freedom to customize things. Um, But it's, uh, you know, it, it would be nice if there was some kind of intermediate layer where you could still somehow, uh, I don't know, mask certain uh, certain creative, creative properties, but also still give them enough freedom that they could add a page or, or do X, Y, or Z. Uh, but the biggest one, uh, definitely, though, is, um, you know, it's good that the, the measures, the queries, the relationships, and all of that stuff, which is where most of the work goes anyways, um, that is something that's, uh, that, that's, that's kept secure. Hmm. I would love to see the, the ability to keep that secure in a PBIX file. Could you elaborate on that? I, I would like to be able to create a model, hand over the PBIX file so that they can upload the model and the reports to the service, but cannot see the data model and cannot see the ETL processes and cannot see the measures. Um, it's like, have you ever programmed VBA in Excel? I have, yeah. You, you, you can uh, protect the source code somehow and um, having something similar for a pbix file would be something i would be really interested in so it's it's essentially providing the same security that an app source template app would have but 
with being able to still just give them the actual PBIX file. Yeah, because we, we didn't already talk about that, but there is no ability yet to include um, on-premises data sources in template apps. Yeah. So if you want to yep. um, get those into your data model, you have to go another way. And it would be, would be really nice to be able to do that in a PBIX file, but protecting all the logic you put in um, for yourself. Uh, agreed. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Now now we have a, a complete template app, but how do you distribute it? How do you put it on, on App Source or um, other, other opportunities, other options to distribute it? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, the template apps can be shared as, as soon as you've actually done the release management to a public pr um, test or production release. Anybody under any tenant can install it, even if it's not produced in App Source. However, if it's not listed in App Source, and you try to install it under a new tenant, well, one thing will happen is you'll get a kind of a pop-up warning that says this template app is not listed in app source. It could, you know, it could be from an untrusted source. So there's a, a warning in there. And two, there is a Power BI admin setting that, that disables or enables the install of template apps. So there's one option that says, can you install them from the app source store? And then there's another option that has to be turned on. It's not on by default that says you can install unlisted template apps. So those, those both have to be checked And a lot of companies just won't do that because it's a you know potential security risk. So in theory, you could and not list it through there. I've I've only done that with one customer once, where I, I built them a template app as a you know as an actual uh, development project where they just wanted the app the app, not the the model. But you have to work with the admin to get that turned on. Um, otherwise, you publish it to the Microsoft App Source store, and that's something that uh, you, you have to be a Microsoft partner for. What's nice is. You don't actually have to be a silver or a gold partner. You can actually just go to the, to the Microsoft Partner Portal, register for a MPN, Microsoft Partner Network ID, and a few days after just verifying, they'll basically give you an ID, and then you can publish to, to the App Source um, through their... Um, they have like a cloud partner portal that allows you to submit offers, and there's a few fields of, you know, like uh, you need like a support page, a contact page, so there's a few like legal pages you have to have on your website to link to. But once all those are made and you've included some screenshots and like the app source link, sorry, the template app link from Power BI and publish it there. So the first time I did it, I think it took me about two or three hours to figure out all this stuff. But if I make a new one now, it's maybe a 30 or 45 minute process. Hmm. And do, do those um, apps get uh, quality checked somehow by Microsoft? Do you know that? Yes. So one thing that is required is they do test connecting the data uh, and, and, We can speak to that later, but that comes about like that goes to the idea of it has to be a cloud source because they have to be able to connect a their their quote unquote set of data. It's often a couple of times where I've provided my own files, but as long as they can they can connect the data and they've you know confirmed that it works and it's not broken, then it'll get published. So that the only the only quality control is is just making sure that the connect data option um, works when they try to install the app. Hmm. And um, we, we already talked about it. We talked about limitations. And we talked about mm. that um, on-premises data sources are not possible to be included in a template app until today. Um, is this something you can work around? Have you tried that once? Or what, what's your experience with this? Yeah, so, so there's a, a couple of workarounds. Um, one, of course, is like, you know, If you have a database that's SQL, 
if you can actually make that in Azure, that basically will then allow you to have a cloud data source version of it. Um, I've not done mm. an Azure deployment one of these, but there is a way against Azure or the common data service. Either of those would work as long as there is a model template that credentials can change, the data will change, but the structure stays the same. Either of those sources can work as a database connection. In my case, uh, I built two reports recently. One was for Uber and one was for Spotify. Uh, technically, there is there there are APIs for both where you can, you know, in theory, I could uh, have somebody help me build a custom connector and I could fetch the data directly through an API. But on-prem data sources and custom connectors, neither of those are supported by template apps. So hmm. what I've done instead is both services, Spotify and Uber, you can go into the privacy settings and there's an option to export your customer data. So that just downloads a zip file. So I, I took those, you know, the, the zips, basically extracted the folders, put them on SharePoint because that, that folder structure is the same for everybody who exports the data. They're going to have the same folder name, same file names, just, you know, different customer data. And then I, you know, basically built the template app with a parameter that, you know, has a set of instructions where download the f- data, put it in your, you know, root SharePoint folder, replace your SharePoint folder URL into this parameter. And then, you know, as long as you follow the instructions, a place in your data and you log in, you will be able to use this template app and connect your data to your data in SharePoint. And that is now a cloud data source. Um, Hmm. It's not going to get new data unless you you continually export your data from Uber or Spotify, but it passes the check where it can be tested and verified against a cloud data source. So those were able to get approved last week and this week. Uh, My Spotify one just went live today. So that's one workaround that I found for you know, a lot of services which might be really popular, but has no data connector in Power BI. I can do it against a flat file. Hmm. So, and, and when you're talking about SharePoint, you're talking about SharePoint Online. Correct, SharePoint Online. You know, it's it, and as long as you have access to that, and it, it might be jumping between questions, but it, like you know, the, the entire premise of these really is is kind of like a funnel for for people to go to my site. So, in you know, this is a free version, but for people who don't have access to SharePoint, there's a link in the description of the, the app source thing saying that the file can be purchased from my website. And then that just connects to your C drive, you know, and you can just download or you can uh, connect your data locally. You don't require SharePoint. Hmm. You just said it. Um, people can purchase uh, the template apps from your website. Uh, so not only um, app source, is it is it even possible to to sell your apps on app source? It's something that's been discussed. There's no official pipeline for it at the moment, as far as uh, any of the stuff with Microsoft. The the pipe dream someday is you know to be able to integrate with the other like primary Microsoft store that would actually let you either purchase or subscribe in some way. Um, I've I've managed to to create a, a connector for for my app that that does that. So it um, uh, it allows people kind of three versions for my Google Analytics report. The base version is free, and that that connects to their data but it's pre-filtered to only show you a rolling six-month window. So they're, they're never going to get more than six months from prior from today. For $9.99 a month, uh, there, there's a purchase they can make on my website. That is a, just a monthly subscription, and then the same app works, but there's a parameter field for, for email. And you know basically, they can put any email they want in there, but that's getting checked against a, a secure cloud source that... Um, basically just validates whether or not that is an email in, in the purchase list and whether or not their purchase has renewed in the last 30 days. If that check is yes, the file just refreshes with, you know, the filter removed, you know, via some fancy stuff in Power Query. Um, otherwise, it just, you know, it just refreshes with six months of data. So they have like a subscription version of that that I had to build 
um, and spent a lot of time with another MVP actually to figure out like how to get this to work correctly. Hmm. Um, and then there's a third option where they can just buy the file for, you know, um, X dollar from my website. And that just gives them access to, you know, the whole kitchen and basically uh, freedom to do whatever they want with it. And if you do updates to your own template apps, how do you ensure that your customers get those updates automatically? Uh, that's a great question. So there is, they've recently changed it where you can actually now go in to, to the app and say, check for latest version. So you can actually get that pushed if it's installed from the app source. Historically, you used to have to delete and reinstall it, which was frustrating. So if I made a change, it would be available in the app source, but they wouldn't get the new change. It was kind of like uh, content packs that used to be back in the day, like that weren't particularly good at, at pushing changes. So it, it's a bit better integrated. And then what I also have as well for, for any customers that, that purchase it is there's just there's an agreement that uh, they get uh, 12 months of updates. So if, if I ever make a, an update to the file, um, on my store and they email me because they've seen a newsletter about it, then I'll just send them a, the updated version for free. Okay, cool. Uh, we were talking about your experiences with uh, Google Analytics and changing data sources or changing APIs, um, which you had in, in the past um, and also the effects on, on reviews <laughs> in, on the app source. Can you talk about this a bit? Yeah, so ended up in a very sticky situation um, last fall where I think there was some extra security guidelines that Google pushed um, for any third-party apps as, and connectors. So the Google Analytics connector in Power BI completely broke in the in the, the sense that all new connections, meaning any new reports, any new apps that try to connect to the service, would get an error saying that this connector isn't uh, isn't verified or isn't validated. So it basically just wouldn't work. Thankfully, all existing connections, reports that have already been built and refreshing, there was no historical breaks for that. But that means that uh, all of my new installs wouldn't work for people. And I, you know, I let Microsoft know they actually had to work with Google over, the, I think, like two and a half, almost three months. Um, but through a lot of extenuating circumstances, I couldn't get my app removed immediately. So I actually started getting inundated with a lot of negative reviews on the App Source page because people like one star connectors broken, not working. Hmm. Um, so by the time it went down, I think I ended up with about eight to 10 negative reviews that dropped my score by like a whole one point from like four to about three out of five. And then I eventually got, got it back on, got Microsoft, got the connector working and I was able to get the reviews removed, but it, it was a lot of red tape and um, hoops that I had to jump through uh, to convince the product team to remove these reviews. And it put my score back up there, but It was definitely a frustrating um, experience. So room for improvement. But they, they did remove the, the bad reviews. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, there, there's technically a button that says report review that is on the, um, on the App Source page for, for my products. Mm -hmm. uh, but that really doesn't go anywhere, I don't think. I actually had to contact support directly. And then I escalated this a few times. And I had to be very perseverant to... To get the, these changes removed, I think if I had only kept reporting the reviews, I don't think I would have ever heard from anybody. So I'm not sure if those are actually monitored or not. So I think we we discussed almost everything that was on my list um, with regards to to template apps. But to me, it sounds like you think this is a really good technique to, on the one hand, earn money and on the other hand, gain reputation for your company. 
some kind of advertisement. So um, you will go on using this technique in the future? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like I, I was mentioning, I, I got two two new um, reports just published recently for Spotify and Uber. So as as often as I can find new sources that I think are templatizable, if I can make that into a word, mm -hmm. uh, I think it would be there's there's a lot of benefit to putting them out there. Uh, if anything else, this is a lead generation. So anytime anybody installs your template, they re they require their Microsoft account to be logged in, and you get first name, last name, business name, title. So, you know, you, you get a good set of leads from this. So it, it's really good for business development. And I get a good handful per week of people coming in. Um, a lot of new blog subscribers come out of this. So, you know, this for me is really just, it's a small source of revenue, but mostly it's 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 a source to drive a lot of traffic to my website um, and, and just to get my name out there. So I hit a home run, thankfully, with the Google one. That That is, you know, by a factor of, I think, five or six times more downloads than any of the other ones that I built. But I'm hoping to find another one of those things that just becomes super popular. Okay, Reed. Yeah, it was fun talking to you and, and thanks for sharing your experience. I think um, template apps is definitely a topic I will try to dig deeper into um, during the next month or so. Please stay healthy in these crazy times and, and thanks for, for the time you spent here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like, thanks for having me, Lars. Uh, it's been a series of great questions and some good conversations. Happy to kind of uh, share some of my insights about the, the just the template apps in general. Great. Thank you.